you're not crazy. That's brotherhood. You're, you're not just a friend to me. You're, you're my brother. So if someone fucks with you, because I know you on a very, like, on a very, I don't want to say intimate, but a very intimate level. Yeah. Like, I know your values. I know what you do for other people. So I know you never go wrong. Like, you never do people wrong. And if you do, I know that you, like, stand up and take and be accountable to whatever you did. I know that about you. So I know if if people want to talk shit about you, I know there are they are at fault. So to me, if I know that this person or that person is, is you know, I, I say fucking, but it's fucking with you or did you wrong, dude, I don't fuck with them. And it doesn't matter if that is going to affect my business. I don't fuck with them. Right, guys i'm here back driven channel with my good friend my brother mo better known as alpha slice <laughs> so this is going to be part two so we had one before and if you guys don't know who alpha slice is go back and watch the first episode because i just want to continue from there and and kind of um first of all i want to tell you how proud how proud i am of you like everything you've done when when you came by um we really couldn't talk because it was like a party and yeah we had top producers and everything and then there's a lot of new things in your life, like um, love, money, uh, results. And so I, I thought I thought for a moment, I'm like, I don't think Alpha's uh, making that much money anymore. I think he, he seems like to now be a fitness guy. Now he's, you know, because fitness, a lot of those fitness people, they, they don't make a lot of money. They're just like fit. Heads, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm like, did he just slow down a little bit and he's just into fitness now? But then we had a, a short talk and then you kind of told me like, I'm doing this i'm doing that i'm doing this so uh first off just want to tell you hey how proud i i am of you and uh mo what, what's up in your life right now like what's what's new thank you man yeah what's up everybody uh so what's new is i got divorced recently um and i got fit i got shredded so i went on a 12-week transformation period and i got shredded and i think that's the best thing i've ever done for myself it just cleared my mind uh i cut out a lot of the noise and i started focusing just on what i'm eating my training and business so that was amazing and did you slow down from making money while not, you were getting like no dude I, no so, so tell me how that worked because that's kind of hard to believe like it just because when i when i work out a lot it kind of it's kind of hard to do everything but but you got you got in the best shape of your life. Yes. And and so your income must have dropped a little bit. I, I had I had that once I posted my transformation picture on Instagram, Andy Andy Frisola hit me up in the DMs and he was like, "Bro, I'm so fucking proud of you. I bet you start making way more money." I'm said, "It's true." You know his 75 heart program. But what what happens is when you start getting fit, dude, I was working out 3 times a day. So I was doing cardio in the morning, fasted cardio. And then my weightlifting is during the day. And then at night, I'm doing another cardio session. So when people want to waste my time, I don't have time for that shit. Because in between, I'm just, like, my schedule is so tight. Because in between, I want to finish this project, record that ad, record that webinar. So I don't have time for people to, like, you know, jump in and just take my time. Mm -hmm. 
And for example, like a lot of times I'm working on my desk and I jump on like YouTube videos. Like the other day I was like, I went, I watched a grizzly video, like a grizzly and moose fighting. And I went on a tangent for like an hour watching those type of videos. When I was doing the, the fitness transformation, my time would not allow that. So the moment I jump on one of those videos immediately, I'm like, no, I can't do this because I can't waste time. So all my focus was just the workouts, so tunnel focused on business, just getting shit done. And what happens is you get into a momentum where all your team will start, will get scared because you keep start asking them of a lot of things and they pick up the momentum as well. So it's not because I was making money because my team jumped on the same momentum I was on. So explain your routine. You said you did fasted cardio. Is there a reason why you did fasted cardio and the reason why you did weights in the middle mm. of the day and then the reason why you did cardio again in the night? Mm. So, so remember like when I first came to you, like I met you like four, four years ago. Yeah. And I hired you as my mentor mm -hmm. and my first coaching session. You like, we wrote down a checklist of things I need to change. So to me, that is the Bible. I don't question it. So I always go to like- So I'm like God. Exactly. So I always go to a professional who knows what, what the fuck they're doing. And then I just execute exactly what they tell me to do. And that's, I, I think that's a gift when you don't, when you don't like start saying, oh, you know what? That will not work for me. That will not work for my audience. Start debating what experts say. So to me, I don't. So when I wanted to get in shape for forever, and I bet everyone, you know, has been trying to get in shape for forever and they failed. They tried to get in six pack, they get two packs, four packs, and then they start bouncing back. They start gaining weight. So I said, I've been doing that all my life, but I said, you know what? I'm going to hire a trainer and I'm going to follow exactly what they say. So my trainer says, do fast cardio in the morning. For example, we start with 20 minutes. By the end of the 12 weeks, I was doing 50 minutes in the morning, 50 minutes at night. So if he says, you do your weightlifting after your second meal, I'm just going to do that. I don't question it. So to me, whatever plan he gives me is the Bible. I'll just execute on it. And my work schedule, I'll just work around it. So the, the fasted cardio, does that have some, some benefit? Yeah, definitely. Because like your body is fasting all night. Now there's no, like there's minimal glucose in your, in your like blood, in your circulation. And then there's a little bit of glycogen in your liver. So once you get on a treadmill or on a bike, you burn that glucose very fast in your, in your uh, circulation. And then you burn the glycogen in the liver and now straight to fat. So after like five, seven minutes on a bike, now you're burning fat. So if you're doing 30 minutes, you're burning 30 minutes of fat. You can exclude that seven minutes at the beginning. So let me ask you a question. Can you move the AC a little bit? So, so when you do the fasted cardio, so because right now what I do is I, I get to the office and I do one hour of weights. And then to save time or to make it more convenient for me, because I have to be, once I get to the office, I, I'm reacting the whole time because I have a big staff here and yeah. everybody needs my help. So when I do weight training, I, I answer, I meet with a lot of my people. But to make it easier for me and more convenient, I do one hours of weight. And then I go straight to my cardio right after that. So I do one hour of, of weight training and I do the traditional weight uh, training type, like same as Ed Milet and all these uh, bodybuilders. I do like chest Sets and biceps, yep. Yep. 
uh, back and triceps, uh, shoulders, and then legs. And I repeat again. So I do one hour, and then I drink my protein shake, and then I do 35 minutes of now the bike because I was running, and that was hurting my knees. So I do it like that, and then that way I could just get it out of the way, and then I don't have to worry about working out. So you think, uh, would you change something about that? Like maybe do the, maybe wake up, do uh, 40 minutes of bike, shower, come to the office, work, and then maybe lunchtime, go, go do an hour of weights, freshen up again, come back to work. Do you think that would be better? Ideally, faster cardio. But I, I tell people like, do, do not let, like, do not let those little things uh, keep you away from fitness because you can't execute a perfect plan. But a cardio after a weight session has a, like your body reacts to it similar to the fasted cardio. What I would change is, and you know, I'll ask my trainer about this, but what I would change is you not taking the protein shake right after the, the weight lifting, the, the, the weight session, yeah. and then do 30 minute cardio and then take your protein. But it will have a similar effect just like the fasted cardio. Because when I wake up, I drink this. So I drink one yeah, of these, my, yeah, that's and zero. I do like three hours of just like a pre pre work day. Um, I know your day one, the finances, yeah, so, the yeah, and and I you know I do a lot of um, I'm learning things. I, I'm a big learner, so I think learning has been one of my biggest um, keys to success. Just learning every morning for three hours, I'm learning, but I'm learning what's the next move that I'm gonna do. Mm -hmm. So when I and I'm fasted, so I don't need anything. I just drink this, and then when I when I start getting hungry, that's when I get to the office around eight eight ish. I do weights and then I do the cardio. So um, I don't know why I got off topic, but um, the you would say stay fasted for the whole time and I, do the I, weights. I, and because I heard if if you do weight training mm. and then you wait too long to have protein, that you're kind of burning and wasting your muscles. Yeah, yeah that's that's exaggeration. But I would say thirty minute windows is fine. Yeah. So you do your thirty minutes of uh, cardio right after you lift weights. And then eat. Now, I don't like to do weights on an empty stomach. Like at least have a little bit of carbs in me. Now, now, what about the? Because you got really shredded, so that's why. Because it's important in business. You just said it, you made more money when you got in better yeah. shape. So, like the work, the doing second cardio later in the day for like sixty minutes. You said it's fifty. So yeah, towards the end. Mm -hmm. Like how sustainable is that though? Like if you're gonna do 50 minute cardio in the morning, 50 cardio morning, cardio in the night. So so I started with 20 minutes, but that's what we do. We check in every week. So every Saturday I check in with my weights, photos, and then he adjusts the plan, give it to me on Sunday, and then according to my weight, if it stays stagnant, we increase the cardio. If I was doing well, we keep the cardio the same. But we start with 20 minutes once a day, and by the end of the 12 weeks, that's three months. Yeah. We were at 50 50, and again. In mind, we want to get to that shredded look in just 12 weeks. We don't want to extend for 16 weeks. So that's why we increased the cardio. And then after 12 weeks, we did reverse training. So we started dropping the cardio from like, 40, from like 50 minutes to like 40 minutes and then 30 minutes to now I don't do cardio anymore. You don't do cardio at all? For how long? I, I haven't done cardio in like, uh, I mean, I do like hit exercise here and there. But um, I'm not doing that bike, that stationary, low-intensity cardio. Yeah. And you switched to the bike because I got the same bike you got. Mm -hmm. But you, did you switch to the bike because you were running in the beginning and it hurt your knees? Same reasons. And, yeah. and that this was during your transformation period? Mm -hmm. 
When did you get your bike in the middle? The actu actually, it was by accident. So my treadmill broke for some reason. Like I went in the morning to do my cardio and it was not working. So I hit up my company where I bought the treadmill. But in that meantime, I need to do cardio. So I have an air bike. I was doing low intensity on an air bike, which is a pain in the ass. And then I said, you know, and then I bought that bike. But once I started doing the bike, I noticed that, oh my God, my knees are not hurting anymore. Yeah. Because it gets really painful. Yeah. And then, then you, you can't walk good and all that. So uh, before we end this whole uh, fitness part, when now that you, you got into the shape that you wanted, 7% body fat? Yeah, I'm not at 7% right now. I'm yeah, so at that, 12, that, so but I got down to 7, yes. So that's my question. You got to 7% body fat. He looked good. Did you ever see him? 7%? Yes, I rewatched all the videos. <laughs> <laughs> and showed my friends. So, so when you were at 7%, were you getting hit up more by, by grills and stuff? Or? Yeah, dude, during the whole process. I mean, I share my stuff on Instagram. Yeah. But the better you look, it's just, it just like... It's just common sense, but you notice it once it happens to you. Yeah. The more you get shredded, the more you show abs, the more you're getting attention. Yeah, dude, I was, go I was going out on dates, like, like five dates a week, different girls. And you think, you think it was the money or the body or a combination? I think it's a combination. Definitely yeah. it's a combination. But when I, was, when I was not fat, but I was not in shape, I was not shredded, I was not getting that attention. Yeah. And, and then did it give you more confidence? And Dude, 1,000%. Because th that's what I tell people. Like, um, and even I had that talk with Bradley. Um, like, I, I'm confident. If, I'm, if we're talking business, I'm confident because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. If I get in my car, like exotics, I, it boosts my confidence. Like, I'm driving on the street. Dude, I'm like the lord of the highway. Yeah. If I'm in my exotic. It gives me a lot of confidence because I know I'm getting a lot of attention. If I walk into a restaurant and I'm wearing a nice watch, I'm confident. It gives me a lot of confidence. It boosts my confidence. Now, dude, I don't need a fucking watch. I don't need a Lamborghini. I don't need to talk business. If I'm walking on the street, I walk with so much confidence because my body gives me that confidence. So I don't need materialistic stuff to boost my confidence. Yeah. Oh. And, and that is not like this money buy you confidence, right? Yeah. The car money buy you confidence. But getting shredded you cannot money cannot buy it's just effort yeah like if there's a if a if a guy pulls up pulls up and he has a nice watch and money but he's fat and then you pull up you have a nice car a nice watch and you're shredded i think the girl's gonna pick second option yeah and people on instagram start calling me zaddy 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 i didn't know that term but they started what, what does that mean like a hot it's like, daddy, but like oh. a hot dad so like a hot that, single dad. That's what I would be if I would ever break up. <laughs> um, but what, so when you go on these dates, when you go on these dates and you were in this transformation period and you're getting like five dates every week, obviously these dates, they want to go to like to a nice restaurant. They want to order drinks. They want to eat good food. And, and you're, you're there. You're having a great time with, with your date. Yeah. But how do you, how do you not... Um, fall into the temptation of I want to eat this and I want to drink this. I know, I know you're not a big, you, you don't drink, you're not a big mm -hmm. drinker, but how do you stay away from the temptations of food and, and, and maybe if you were a drinker, alcohol, like how do you stay away from that when you're in nice restaurants? It, it's just, it's just, I think it's willpower. So like in my culture, we don't, we don't have sex outside of marriage. 
And like this is ingrained in us since we're young. Like like my dad, my uncle, my cousin always come to you and he's like, how are you doing on that willpower? Are you getting boners? So they try to toughen you up. And after a period of time, you just know that you don't have sex outside of marriage. And it doesn't matter if you are in, in a room where there's naked women everywhere. You don't fuck with that shit because you know that there's no sex outside of marriage. So same thing when it comes to food. You have to train your willpower. If there's cookie out there, dude, I'm not going to eat it. Because you're programmed that you need to stay in shape because when you stay in shape, you can, like, there's so much success. There's so much, much options and opportunity for you. Now, if you want to fuck with that cookie or that brownie, because that, that's me. I have a sweet yeah. tooth. Like, I'm not big on alcohol. I mean, I don't drink, but I'm huge on sweets yeah. and dessert. I say, if, if I want to eat that brownie, so, for example, it's 500 calories, 600 calories. Dude, when I go home, I've got to sit on my bike and burn 600 calories. So, in my head, I'm like, do I have the energy to do, like, 600 calories? Almost, like, 60 minutes? So, I, and then I make that decision. What about your date? Did they ever try to force you to eat? or, or No. Or they, they didn't think that it was boring because you weren't eating or participating? In yeah, I mean, I mean, like, when I started going out on dates, the first I lead by, I'm boring. I lead by I'm boring like a couple hours you'll be like I don't want to go on a second date yeah and that just attracts them so they were like motherfucker you're not boring but I always lead by that because I don't want them complaining later on what about when you would go on the dates or events but we're talking about dates and and then dates want to stay up till two three four in the morning what do you do that or what do you do you have a a time uh, like a curfew where you're like okay date it's um 10 p.m. I got to head home pretty soon. Mm. So the girls that I attracted are like similar to me. They're entrepreneurs. They have similar mindset, similar ambitions. So they don't stay up late. Like I dated girls that drink. I dated girls that smoke weed, but they don't stay up that late. Mm. They don't party hard. Yeah. And that's, that's the people that I attracted. So beautiful women. Yeah, I bet. But the type, the type of uh, dates that I go out on, for example, like we do a lot of beach days, we have like gym dates. We go like I went on skydiving a few times, kayaking, like shit like that. That has also like activities in them. Yeah. Mm. So let, let's switch to to business. So um, when I met you, you were making sixty k a month. Yes. Driving the minivan. Remember that. <laughs> so like, what what where are you now? Like what what uh like what are you driving? How much money are you making? Yeah. So uh, I still have that minivan. But yeah, I've got a couple exotics. I've got an SVJ uh, and I've got um, the 458 Italia. I'm thinking about buying a car because I'm thinking about moving to LA. So I'm thinking about getting an exotic here. Um, and I've got, I've got like a um, suburban for the family. I've got, you know, for the kids. I mean, what uh, kind of car are you thinking of getting here? So maybe a Urus. I'm thinking about getting a Urus. Have you heard about all the robberies going on? Yeah. People, nice cars, nice watches. Does that, does that concern you at all or no? If I'm in Florida, I don't give a fuck. I've got, I've got a gun in every car. I conceal all the time. But what if two, peop two, two men approach you and they each have a gun? Mm -hmm. Isn't it kind of uh, dumb to grab your gun because one of them is going to shoot you? It is. It is so dumb. The, the gun's more just to defend yourself later. I only pull my gun if my life is at jeopardy. 
if my life and in, Flor- and in Florida, if, if they if they steal your watch and and they're running away, you could shoot them from behind, right? No, you can't. Oh, you can't. I thought you could do that over there because mm-hmm. I know you can't do that here. But no, they, you can't. So you have to shoot them when they're attacking. Mm-hmm. That's kind of tricky, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't fuck with that. If if it's a watch, my life is way more important. I mean, I conceal to protect my life, and that's yeah. it. You don't if think I'm, that's more dangerous though? If if they if the robbers see that you have a gun, yeah, they might be quicker to shoot. Well, I conceal, so it's not like obvious. Okay. Yeah, but if if they if they you know hunt me down and they wanna they want the watch, I'll give them the watch. Now, now, um, and and you could you have you could have insurance for for those watches. It's very hard to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, my RM, I want to get insurance on it, and it is five grand a month. Yeah. And it just doesn't make it didn't make sense for me. Yeah. Because I heard for the for the more for the more affordable watches, it's easier to get insurance than the more expensive ones. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like this watch I'm wearing, it's a Daytona yellow gold green face very famous watch i got it for 125,000 so you tell me this watch or my life you take the watch yeah but i'll make sure that i don't put myself in situations where i'm going to get robbed like we we're walking down here and i told her like that van like that it's downstairs yeah like i, I show her where your car, where your car is that uh, the ferrari yeah and then i show her see that van that's suspicious so if i'm walking i'm keeping an eye is there anyone in the van who's sitting in front of the van and who's sitting in the restaurant facing the van? Because that van does not belong in this area. You know what I'm saying? So I always like, if, if I know there are robberies here in LA, so I always keep an eye. You know, you shouldn't be walking, well, like when you walk out in the street here, in Beverly Hills and the good areas, because that's where they come to rob, you should put your watch inside your pocket. Yeah, well, we did that a few times. Yeah. Like we were, we were in Venice, we were getting ice cream at night. And just look shady. I put I put my watch in my in my pocket because yeah. I don't want put myself at jeopardy. I don't want put her at jeopardy. Because you know people that know you, they're the ones that kind of give the information. It's like inside jobs. Yeah, yeah. When when I got robbed here out, outside, it was planned. Like there was a car, there was a car in front. I saw the camera how they one car kind of gave the signal. The truck busted a U turn, and then before before that or while that was going on. There was a like a like an older man, suspicious guy on the bike, like on the bicycle, that almost ran into me when I was getting out of the car, getting my bag. And he looked at me and he tri- distracted me. Mm-hmm. That was all part of the th- of the of show. The I, I connected yeah. all the dots backwards because you can't connect the dots forward, but you could connect the dots when you look at it backwards. So it, it was just unfortunate, but I mean, it's just kind of the pros and cons. But what what makes you want to come back to California to LA? since you are in, in, in Miami, like, are you, is, is there something that you like better about LA? Okay. So, so my businesses are going to stay in LA in, in Florida. I'm going to keep my place over there. I'm not going to move like, you know, my residence just for tax purposes. Yeah. But I met this chick right here <laughs> and you know, like I come to LA a lot, yeah. but this time when, when I, you know, when I hung, hung out with her, she showed me LA. And LA is fucking beautiful. Like all the, you know, restaurant scenes, the parties, the, uh, like all the, yeah, like working out places. Dude, it's like we're. Where'd we're you take him? Well, but what about the places like oh, out? Yeah. Ooh, we went everywhere. Uh, we went to Scratch, Ivy, 
Well, the Ivy's one of my favorites. Yeah. They have they have the gimlets. Have you did you try the gimlet? The no. gimlet drink with vodka. That's really good. We don't drink. You don't drink either. Oh really? I'll you guys are like perfect for each other. <laughs> I told you I attract people who are similar, have similar vibes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought Miami had better nightlife than LA or better like no no it has a nightlife but you know that's not my scene oh got it got it unless someone grabs my hand someone I like that grabs my hand tell me hey let me show you around you know but here like she showed me around and LA is beautiful because you never lived in LA no you lived in San San Diego Diego, yeah it's different right it's different and and you know the married life is different from like you being single like you go to different scenes so I liked it and now I just have to figure out, you know, the kids to yeah. move here and then I'll just move. What, what about um, the weather? Do you Do, like the weather here? Yeah, much I love better? the weather. Now, now over there, the, the, the ocean is better because like yeah. the water is always warm. You can swim like it's, it's better. It's nicer. I don't have a problem with the humidity. But here, like in, in Cali, the ocean is, is, hot, is cold. Mm-hmm. It's really cold. Like you can't swim unless you have, you're surfing and you have a suit on. Do you go out there and swim a lot in, in Florida? Yeah. I, like almost every other day I go to the oh, beach. Really? Yeah. Cause I, I, I live like 15 minutes from the beach. So, so now, uh, tell us, um, Mo about your business. Your main business is, um, you sell virtual tr- trainings, right? Yeah. And, so, and, and I know you, we didn't get into what you're making now, but I know you're making, uh, you, you improved your, your 60 K. Oh yeah, yeah, so definitely I improved my 60k. I break a million. I've been breaking a million a month since January of this year, 2022. Yeah, last month I did 1.35 at 70%, 71% profit margins. So all of that is with uh, your your NCLEX. Yeah, you teach. We'll tell people what you what you teach. Yeah, so so I'm a nurse. When I tell people I'm a nurse, they get weird. Like, yeah. are you a fucking nurse? I'm like, yeah, I'm a nurse. But I uh, I don't practice nursing. Uh, but I teach nurses or nursing students how to pass their board exam. So I sell online courses. Um, and that's my nursing company. That's what I do. And that's the, the company that breaks eight figures. And how, how, how long do you work in nowadays to make the million dollars a month? Yeah, so, so the beauty about my business is it's automated. I have a lot of, I mean, if my audience are watching, they'll be like, what the fuck? But I've got a lot of, everything is automated. Everything is fake live. Nothing is live. So literally right now at 10 a.m. Pacific time, I have a webinar that goes up live. So I'm live on the internet. At 12, I've got another uh, challenge. At 4 p.m., at 5 p.m., at 8 p.m., and at 10 p.m. And every one of those is around an hour. There's one that's four hours. There's a challenge for 45 minutes. So I'm always online. People think I'm live. But that's the nature of the business. It's automated. The automation and the integration is so beautiful where you don't have to be there to make money. So for me to maintain the business takes an hour, maybe two hours a day to maintain the business to make that kind of money. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you only work two hours? No, I work more. I work all day. If I'm at home all day, I work all day because I'm creating new products. I'm creating new challenges. I'm just coming up with new marketing ideas to push traffic to my and your mark your your virtual the NCLEX training for that that teaches people how to pass their nursing 
school, right? They're yes. How to get their license to be a yes. nurse? Yes. And that's like how many hours? Oh, my course is 60 hours. The main program is 60 hours, but I have 25 products online. I only market, market one product, which I call it the Netflix of NCLEX. NCLEX is the test, but I have 25 other products. So when you, when you go into my funnel, my funnel is 44 steps. So there's upsells, downsells, there's a lot of you know, hoops into it. And how, how long do you think it took you to create that? Like how many, hour, how many days or months? To create the, court, the 60 the, hours? The 60 hours, yeah. Dude I, when I got, dude, I have an obsessive personality. If I get an idea, I can't sleep before I get it done. So when I filmed that course, I was literally working, working 10 hours, sleeping two, 10 hours to 10 two. That's how my schedule was. Filming and editing for 10 hours, then sleeping two hours, then filming and editing for 10 hours and two hours. I did that over like six weeks to finish the and 60 you, hours. And you learn how to edit yourself. You oh, yeah. I, I, it's a one-man show. And that's why I tell people, like, you've got those guys, right, doing your, you know, other stuff. Yeah. But for me, when I started, I didn't have money. So I needed to learn every single skill myself. So I learned. And the best skill that I learned is how to shoot videos and how to edit videos. Because it cuts a lot of time. For example, your guys will shoot an ad for you. And then if you don't trust them, they will tell you, hey, uh, that video is going to take like three weeks, you know, to, to be edited. Dude, I edit a high production video in like an hour and a half. It doesn't matter how many cameras we use, how many footage we have. If we have like three, four hours of footage, I can go through that footage and create a 30-minute documentary like hour and a half, two hours tops. And I do all the color, color, uh, color coding, the audio, the frames, like, like it will be professional. Is that true, guys? I don't know, man. Them, what they would do, they would take, it, t- it would take them three weeks. Like Rob Luna, for example, like the other day I was with him and he shot a webinar and it took them three weeks to edit the webinar. I'm like, bro, we can shoot edit and test the next day. And I can do that over and over again until you get a webinar that converts. Like it's a 24 hour process. So that's the beauty about my business is I, I do everything myself. So I don't have to rely on a third party to produce for me. Because imagine like you do an ad and you give it to them three weeks, you put it on Facebook and it doesn't convert. Then you've got to record another ad and that's another three weeks. And sometimes you record an ad, they edit it. Come or or to let's you. say I have an idea on a Saturday. Yeah. So then I have to wait till Monday. See? Yeah. That doesn't work for me. I'm like, immediately I change into scrubs, put my stethoscope, wear my hat, and I record my shit. And I spend the weekend editing. On Monday, it's ready to go. So, so NCLEX. NCLEX is the test for uh, nurses. Yeah. NMLS is the test for mortgages. Mm-hmm. So if, if I just do what you tell me, I could make a million a month sell, teaching people how to pass the NMLS test? Yeah. So, so this is what I have. I have an eight-pillar business model. It starts with marketing, sales, webinars, landing pages. Then you've got how to create your course, email marketing, customer service, etc. right? So the only difference is pillar number four, which is the course. But if I plug any industry to this eight-pillar business model, it's going to produce money. So it doesn't matter what you teach. That business model, you plug any industry to it, you, you make money. And I've tested it with, you know, I did my event, uh, you know, back in December. I've tested it with so many people and 
now they're producing money. Because I already have NMLSacademy.com. Yeah. And I have... So, let, let the question... The test is 100... I think it's 120 questions long. How, how many questions is the NCLEX exam? It's, it's 75 questions. Now, I don't want you to compare your industry with my industry. Because sometimes if your test is 120 questions, those 120 questions are not changing. They're not. Yeah. But in nursing, there's a bank of 3 billion questions. Mm. And they get only 75. But my, my program has around 3,100 questions. So you'll ask the question and, and, you'll, and your training, you'll, you'll ask the question and then you'll have like options. I'll break it down, teach it, you know, explain why this is right, why this is wrong. That, that's, that's a lot of work though. That's a lot of work. So like, like me that you, you've seen here the, the office and everything. So we run the mortgage guys, ambiance realty. Then they have the driven stuff. Then we have the escrow company next door that I haven't showed you, showed you yet and many other things. So where am I going to find time to like shoot 60 hours for mortgage? Now it doesn't have to be 60 hours, uh, but, but that's what I tell people. I say, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of money. I do the work once, you know, I nailed the best formula. I do the work once and I make a lot of money, but I've got a student of mine who teaches entrepreneurs how to get $250,000 loans for their business. And his program is four hours and he sells the program for 10,000 bucks and he's breaking a million. So it doesn't matter. What matters is that your product is golden product. It's gonna, whatever outcome you promise them, that product is gonna lead them to that outcome. Cause that'll be a, per a perfect vertical integration. If I have a school to teach people how to get there in MLS. Dude, that's why I tell people, everyone should have and a I have course the, online. I have the brand already, the social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can test it without even spending $1 on marketing. How long do you think it'll take to shoot like, like a week? To sh if you have the information? Yeah. Yeah. If you have the information, you put your slides together. It, how long is it? Four hours, 10 hours? Well, the questions always are always very similar. So um, the questions are always similar for the NMLS test. Mm -hmm. It's the same ones, basically. So I have, I have like a thousand questions, which is more or less what they have in that exam. But I have the thousand questions. So you don't have to teach every single question. What I do is I teach categories, right? So I break down questions as per categories, but then I give them tests that they do on their own, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for example, let's say I explained a thousand questions, but then there's 2000 questions that I just provide to them as tests so that they can practice on their own. There's, some, there's a lot of crash courses that have all the questions and they're all the same questions. Are those copyrighted or can, can, I, can I get those questions and include them in, in my program? No, but definitely they're, they are copy, copyrighted. But they're the same questions though. Yeah, you have to, to figure out like the legality. Change a word? So what I did with, with, with my first course, so I re-recorded my course three times. But when I first started the business, yeah, I got some other um, program and then I changed. I, I saw what questions that I think might show up on the test and I changed the wording. But a year later, I had the money. So I hired the best uh, copywriter, NCLEX copywriter in the nation. Her name is Aileen Burke. She's been in the industry for like 40 years. So I hired her to write my program. And then she wrote my program and then I taught it. 
And she's is she only for the nursing? Yeah, just for nursing. So I would have to find a copywriter for mortgage. Yeah, like and someone. I could, do, I could do one for real estate too. Dude, that's what we're doing for her. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll, I'll I'll leave that to you. Uh, no, so no, no, no. This this is why I tell people, dude. I've got I've got students that I mentor. Yeah. That are in the NCLEX business. I give them all my strategies. I don't leave any stone unturned because the people that are gonna buy from that dude are different from the people that are gonna buy from me. So there's place, there's room for everyone to like sell their courses. And people who buy from you because they love you, they trust you, they trust your brand, they vibe with you. So it doesn't matter if, I mean, she's like real estate, but. Because my, my audience are Latino millennials. Yeah. Like Latino American millennials. I don't think Latinos will fuck with her. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> But 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 your but your uh, audience are um, African American ladies, African American ladies, single mothers, twenty two to thirty five of age. So millennial uh, African American ladies. Yeah. How did you find that niche? I didn't. They found me. So what happened is, and a lot of people ask me this question, but what happened? I was marketing and targeting the masses. Uh, but then after I had a thousand people on my email list. I sent out a survey and started asking them about like their demographics, ethnicity, you know, different programs they used, all that type of shit. Like all the questions that I want to know about my audience because I want to know who I'm talking to. I put them in a survey and I sent it out to my email list and I said five bucks, five bucks Starbucks uh, card for everyone who answers the survey. And I got a hundred back. So it took me 500 bucks to understand the data. So once they sent the survey back, I analyzed the data, and that's what came up. 70% of my audience are African-American women, single mothers, 22 to 35, who failed their test before uh, in top three states. I mean, there are more things. For example, like I asked them what's their favorite color, and people say, like, why do you ask them what's their favorite color? Because their favorite color is navy blue. You know, nurses, when they are on the, on, in hospitals, they wear navy blue. Yeah. So that was the most popular answer. And overnight, my website shifted from green to navy blue. I asked them about what's the best music they like. It's not because I, uh, that's just a question. No. And I give them options, and most of them answer motivational music. So now when I record ads, what's playing in the background? It's motivational music. It's all like human psychology and working on the psychology. Yeah, because I audience. think most people they they think, oh well, I'm going to teach you this. Or when they ask themselves, or they ask people, what what do you think I should talk about, Mo? What do you think I should teach people? And and I and what I've seen from people I studied is that they they don't teach what they think people want to hear mm -hmm. or listen to or, or or learn. They teach what people ask them they want to know. What do you think about that? I teach what I think, I teach like my gift. I feel that I understand that test. And instead of like, for example, people go to nursing school and it takes them four years to graduate. Yeah. I'm not gonna teach you four years of nursing. I'm like, I'm gonna use my best judgment and teach you the things that's gonna come up in the test. And I just teach that. But I don't ask people, hey, what do you like to learn? For example, someone hits me up and like, Mo, I like to know, uh, for example, uh, mitral valve replacement. I'm like, why? It's not going to come on a test, right? Yeah. So I don't go by them. I go by what I feel is, is going to give them value. 
So you just ask them like the colors and 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 that kind of stuff to know what they or they're attracted to. Yeah, to know my ideal audience so that I can switch my marketing to get their attention. So so now the the ads for your like to make to make a let's say a million dollars. How much money do you spend on ads or do you spend money on ads? Yeah, I've been spending on ad, spending money on ads since I started my business. And, you know, a lot of people think they need to start big where I'm at right now. But I started with $10, uh, $10 a day on YouTube. And, you know, my, my buddy, Billie Jean. Yeah. So he was the first one who told me, hey, Mo, how much are you spending on ads? And I said $10. And I said, Mo, like there's something going on in your head. And he's like, your course is, 100, your course is 400 bucks. He said, if you spend $10, you can get 100 people in the room. But if you spend 100 bucks, you can get 1,000 people in the room. So I said, if you get 1,000 people, can you sell one person? I'm like, yeah. He said, you spend 100 bucks, and you sell one person for 400, you get to pocket 300. Is that cool or what? I'm like, yeah, of course. So I started, I started spending 100 bucks, and the next four days, I made $10,000. And it was a game changer for me. And since then, the only thing I'm thinking when it comes to marketing is if my ads are converting, then I'm, I'm putting more money on ads. I started with $10 a day. Now I spent two hundred thirty to 260000 a month. So are you going to, have you ever thought about spending half a million to make more? Yeah, so, so sometimes there's a cap when it, like you're reaching, you're reaching a lot of people. So you start spending, which we tested that. I mean, I don't have, I don't have a problem spending money, but we tested it. Let's say you're spending 230 and now you want to spend 300 your ad starts performing less and your cost per lead goes up. That's the time when you know that, oh, you need to chill on marketing. And then you need to figure out to get leads, you need to put ads for something else. For example, if I put ads for a webinar, I can only spend much. But then I start putting ads for like five-day challenges or two-day challenges, which is different. Then I start getting different type of leads. And you track all of this yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not me. <laughs> when I started, oh, your, okay, yeah. yeah, when I started, of course, I was tracking everything. That's why I understand marketing. But after a period of time, I was able to hire uh, marketing agencies where they do the work. I mean, I show them my demographics, what targeting I want them to target, and then they do the work and they report me on a daily basis. They send me the numbers on a daily basis. But I went through like two or three agencies until I found like, the best agency Those that are the ones you're going to hook me up with. Yeah. I've been working with them for like 18 months and they've been doing phenomenal. So, job. so Mo, let me ask you this question. Cause it, um, I think it applies to a lot of people, especially when you start doing better, you start getting a lot of people that have envy. So um, for you, like when you were making 60 K a month, you know, it's a lot of money to a lot of people to you. It's not, not a lot of money nowadays, but uh, as you started making 200, 400, 600, and you just started showing more success did you ever have people that that uh where you got mb from or people started changing or people started uh you know kind of kind of trying to attack you or things like that did that ever happen yeah all the time especially from the one closer to you like family members people back home people i used to work with they started giving their opinion about where i'm spending money for example like i had people in town watch dealers mm -hmm. and i invited them for dinner and then the bill was like 5,000 bucks. I picked up the bill and I put the receipt on my Instagram and people went nuts of why are you spending this amount of money? There's a lot of people back home who are like, 
you know, don't have money to eat, you know, all that type of shit. I'm like, bro, you don't know the people I help. Like, you have no clue to now criticize me for where I'm spending my money. Like, I decide where I spend my money. So it's easy for me to cut those people, to cut those people loose. Like, when you give such a comment and you're envious, like you don't have good energy, I just cut them loose. I block them. I don't want to hear from them again. So I keep my circle very tight. And, you know, like, you know, people who follow me on Instagram, no, I don't fuck with a lot of people. There's, like, I tell her, when she's like, how many friends you've got? I'm like, I've got five. And then six. But I've got five. Am, I've got, I, am I one of them? I've, I've got Billy. I've got you. I've got Bradley. I've got, um, I've got Rob Luna. And I've got Keith Yaki. Those are my closest, like, in, in my circle. If I'm in trouble, if I want advice, I hit up with those people. Yeah, with that is that, dude, you know, you taught me this, but time is way more important than two bucks, right? Yeah. So the guy wants me to go to the window and pay over there, and we have we have a workout to catch. I'm like, dude, just take this 20. Like, keep the rest for you. Just let me go. Yeah, yeah. Like, time is... Yeah, like, time is way more important than, you know, yeah. a few dollars. So let me ask you this. Uh, relationships. Like, mm -hmm. before we get into relationships, like, let's say if somebody... If somebody uh burns not not i'm not i don't want to say fuck because fuck means like you 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 like the person but if somebody kind of burns or backstabs some your friends are you going to stay away from those people because because you're 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 you value your friends because that that's what i that's that's how i feel like if somebody fucks you over then i'm gonna put him on my blacklist yeah do, do you feel the same way or am i do, crazy no you're not crazy that's brotherhood you're, you're not just a friend to me. You're, you're my brother. So if someone fucks with you, because I know you on a very, like, on a very, I don't want to say intimate, but a very intimate level. Yeah. Like, I know your values. I know what you do for other people. So I know you never go wrong. Like, you never do people wrong. And if you do, I know that you, s s like, stand up and take and be accountable to whatever you did. I know that about you. So I know if, if people want to talk shit about you, I know there are, they are at fault. So to me, if I know that this person or that person is, is you know, I, I say fucking, but it's fucking with you or did you wrong, dude, I don't fuck with them. And it doesn't matter if that is going to affect my business. I don't fuck with them. Yeah. I told you, like, there are five people that if you do them wrong, as if, like, you're doing me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's like, a, you know. Because I, 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 I just, it, it was just kind of fresh on my mind because, um, Lately, like with more success, I've had so many people show me their true colors. Mm -hmm. And then um, somebody told me, who was that? I, Rob told me when people are desperate for money, they show their true colors. Yeah. So right now, a lot of people are not doing that well. Mm -hmm. And I noticed their desperation, their, how true colors are coming out, how yeah. they're, they're, they're being like complete opposite of what, I, what they thought they were. And in the morning, I, I, I had a quick call with Neil. You know Neil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and he said, hey, hey, brother, just wanted to let you know that I have a few people reaching out to me 
And I told them, I'm not going to work with you. I'm, I, 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 don't, I, I don't have time to, to do this with you because of the same reason, because yeah. he has my back. Yeah. And I think people don't realize that this world is really small, especially in your industry. When, you, when you're a good person, you have ethics, and you start doing really good and you climb to the top, the top is very lonely. Yeah. It's limited. Yeah. So in order to get there, uh, you better not burn bridges because all of them are going to hear about it mm -hmm. and they're going to block you from it. True. So like in for, for you, like well, how do you what do you think? What's your opinion about about never burning your bridges, and also relationships? Because one relationship for me led to another one to another yeah. one. I know you came to the driven in Long Beach because of Brad, mm. and then we connected. Then we got together, and then you introduced me to your relationships, and I introduced you to my relationships, and we've kind of both been growing, you know, like like very similar. So. Yeah. So it's very, um, very impressive uh, what you've done. But can you speak a little bit about relationships and how important it is to keep the right ones? Yeah. Uh, keep the right ones is, is like a no-brainer. If you're successful and your core values matches my core values, then I'm keeping you forever. Like, I'm not letting you go. But when it comes to building relationships, a lot of people think that they can build relationships overnight. Dude, it, it doesn't work overnight. And you can't be pitching to people to work with you and expect that you're going to build a relationship. So to me, when people hit me, hit me in the DMs and they start pitching me their stuff, I don't fuck with that. That's not how you build a relationship with me. Yeah. But you hit me in the DMs and you say, dude, I like your watch. Or dude, I like your car. Or dude, how many kids you got. Or compliment my kids or something about me. You do that for a few weeks. And then now I have a little bit of trust in you then you want to pitch me something that's fine. But it takes time to build a relationship. Sometimes it's not just months. Sometimes it's years. And you need to understand that building relationships require you to invest too in those people. Like you can't keep asking for free information all the fucking time. Like I would help you for free for a certain period, but then if you're serious, you need to invest. And, that, and that's what I did with you. Like I invested in your coaching, but then you're like, bro, like, you give me advice, you invite me to your house, you introduce me to people for free. And after that first few months, when I showed up, that when I showed that I am coachable and I execute and I produce results and I'm spreading good word about your coaching, dude, like, everything was free. Like, literally, from the money I paid, I paid you, let's say I generated... I paid you 10,000, I generated 50,000. But just from building a relationship, I generated millions paying nothing. Just good intentions, just value exchange. And that's what people need to understand. Like first you, you pay your way through building relationships and you be ethical, you be loyal. And after that, like the gates of God's open. Yeah, yeah. Because you introduced me to Bradley. Bradley made me a lot of money. Uh, I introduced you to Billy, like you and Billy, like he also spoke on your stages, you whatever, like like you did business together, right? Uh, you introduced me to Rob. Rob helped me tremendously with my finances, with my business, with like a lot of advice that I didn't pay for it. It's just from you introducing me to them. So yeah, you've got to be patient. And as you said, when people burn bridges is because they're not winning. They're haters. They don't have core, uh, good values. And they're definitely desperate for money and in severe debt. Yeah. And that's why people, you know, start attacking. Yeah. Start spreading rumors and, you know, bad mouth. And they don't realize, like, when you burn a bridge, 
maybe one day you, you need help and you're not going to get that help. Oh, yeah. Like, if I need a million bucks, you, you'll shoot me over a million bucks? Yeah. Overnight. You got, you got, you got a lot of money in the bank right now, huh? Oh, I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on cash, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I'm waiting for the right moment. Yeah. I mean. So, so speaking of that, I, I wanted to, uh, before we close out, um, Mo, so right now you, you've been doing good. You have, you have a lot of money in the bank. Um, what are you looking into investing? So, I'm, so I want to invest in real estate. You know, I don't, I don't have, I don't own real estate. I want to invest in real estate and I'm just waiting, waiting for the market to like, I'm waiting for opportunities. Yeah. So I don't want to do it on my own. I'm waiting for you, Bobby Castro, Eddie, you know, uh, Bobby's brother-in-law. Someone to tell me, Hey bro, this is the time, you know? So that's one thing. I also want to invest in crypto because like crypto is like, uh, like, like it's down right now. And I want to invest like 5% of what I have in crypto. And just you know sit on it that that's the, the the cool thing about having somebody like rob yeah like bobby yeah because they they you have the experts right there as yeah on speed dial. i don't have to guess so so you'll ask him hey so how much should i spend on this on this and on this yeah. and then people that are that burn their bridges or are not coachable they're kind of down there listening uh to people that don't have the right they don't have the right, the right information, information yeah. or the right network. So, of course. so like you know, you know where to spend your money on. Now, I know that you spend some money in watches too. Yeah, I spend. And, a, and yeah, I invest you, a lot of money. You in watches. made some good money in, in watches. I made good money, but I'm I'm also I'm heavily invested in in watches, like two point four million in watches. Yeah. When do you have a, a few a few watches like here? Yeah, I've got like four or five on me. I'm, I'm check them out. Like. I want to get five hundred thousand worth of watches. <laughs> we, we, we won't. We won't uh, say this on um, on the. No, it's fine. Uh, by by the time this airs, like I'm <laughs> long gone. <laughs> yeah. So um. So so watches. How do how do watches work? You want to talk about that a little bit? Like yeah. Like um, because people sell them for way over retail price. Yeah. I know some watches are fifty four thousand or fifty seven, and they go for five million. That's yeah. a, that's kind of like the. That's the extreme, yeah, but extreme. it exists. But but uh, how does that work, and how do you how do you make it a good business? How do you get them at retail price? Yeah, so so it's like everything. You know, if you if you have a Ferrari, then you can get another Ferrari at a sticker price, and another Ferrari at a sticker price. Like if you have money to invest in Ferraris, you can make money. You can you can invest that money. Now, if you're if you don't have a Ferrari and you go to a Ferrari dealership, you want to buy a Ferrari, you cannot get a Ferrari at a sticker price, right? So you have to buy. A market price. Yeah. So this is what happens. Same thing it happens with Rolex. Like Rolex, you cannot, if you go to a Rolex store, you want to buy a Rolex and you don't have a history with them, they won't sell you a Rolex, right? Yeah. So what happened with me, my first watch is the same thing as building a relationship. And they want to like you. And they want to, to think that you are a collector. Like, like you collect watches. You're not going to flip watches because if they know you're flipping watches, same as Ferrari, if they know that you're flipping Ferraris, they're not going to sell you Ferraris. So this is what happens. I built a relationship with my, with my authorized dealer in Miami. And my, my first investment with them was 50 grand. That was my watch for my ex-wife. $50,000 watch for our 10th anniversary. And then the, the, the lady, the sales lady was like, Oh, is that your car? I had my SVJ. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, Victor, which is the um, authorized dealer 
uh, owner. Yeah. She probably said he should be buying more watches. Yeah. A, she was like, oh, he loves Lamborghinis. And then she's like, oh, let, let me grab him real quick. And then his assistant is Lebanese. And she was like, oh, I heard there's another Lebanese dude here who's buying watches. And then I started building that relationship. You know, I have an interesting story, telling them my story. I have proof. You know, I've got my social media. I'm buying a $50,000 watch. I've got an SVJ. Now they're like, okay, so this is an entrepreneur. He's legit. He's not like, you know um a guy who got into watches to flip watches so they start selling more me more watches so i invested with that dealership six hundred thousand in 2021 in watches and there are watches that i'm still getting like i have around maybe eight nine watches that i didn't get yet but you pay full price now and you get the watch maybe a year later a year and a half so there's a watch that i'm gonna pick up uh when i get back to miami that i bought a year and a half ago there's a watch that I bought, like a Daytona rose gold meteorite dial. I bought a year and a half ago for 38000 Guess how much it's worth in the aftermarket? 380 That's like crazy profits if I want to sell it. So another example, the watch that we're talking about, the Patek Philippe 5711 uh, Tiffany dial. That watch is $57,000 um, sticker price. It sold for five billion, five million, yeah. five, five million. million, which is crazy money, right? Yeah, but yeah, you can, you can flip watches. At least you can make a hundred percent profit on a watch. Now, now your investment of six hundred thousand that you that you spend last year, mm -hmm. that is worth how much now? Way more, but at least one hundred and fifty percent more. So, like six hundred thousand can bring me one point eight million. If one, I want to sell 1. those. 1.8 million? If I want to sell those watches. And how, how do you decide when you sell them and when you don't so that you don't burn your bridge with Rolex? So I don't sell watches. I'm a collector. But yeah, if, you, if they find out that you sell watches, you burn that bridge. So if you want to do it, you do it under, under the table. Yeah, but of course we, we wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, to close out, the last thing that I want to talk about for, for this one is... is um, so, so you got divorced, right? And uh, now you're living, you, you seem pretty happy. Like yeah. you're, you have a girlfriend. <laughs> so ladies might not be so excited <laughs> when they see this, but, but uh, can you talk about like, what's the main difference now? Cause, cause you got, you got nice, 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 uh, nice things. Like you got nice cars, you have nice houses. Uh, you, you, you travel whenever you want, you know, like you, you have a good lifestyle and mm -hmm. uh, a dream lifestyle, but now you have like, like I never, I never met this side of Mo. Like you yeah. have a girlfriend now and you were talking about like all the things you're doing, how exciting LA is. And, and you found, you have a lot of things in common. Like, like how's, how, how's your life now versus, uh, six months ago or a year ago now that you have somebody. So, so this, this is the thing. And a lot of people, a lot of men don't understand. You might have heard me talk about this for like 20 times now, but it's like, I got divorced. Um, first, I didn't file for divorce. So she divorced me. And I thought that she is like a greedy bitch. And she's like, you know, like uh, she's not grateful. And I've been providing, I've been this, I've been that but you want to stab me in the back and file for divorce? 
Like, what is it that you didn't like? Right? I thought I'm showing up as a hundred percent man. But I met my my buddy Keith Yaki, who is like who has like a uh, a relationship coach. Yeah. Uh, he has something called married married marriedgame.com. But what what he taught me when he saw a sad story that I posted and he was like, bro, what's going on? I'm like, oh, nothing. And he's like, bro, you can talk to me. That's my specialty. That's my field. So I started talking to him. And then he showed me that I was complaining as if I'm showing up as 100%, but she's not grateful. And then I'm telling him stories and he's like, bro, dude, I love you to death. I love everything you're doing. Like you inspire me, but you're an asshole to your wife. Like you think you're showing up as 100%, but you're actually showing up as 25%. That's who you are. Are you interested in growing into 100% Mo? I'm like, I was like, oh my God, of course. But I thought I'm operating at 100%. He said, no, you're operating at 25 as a man. But that's, that's the problem that a lot of men think. They think they're operating at 100%, but he has a system of five dials, but I'm gonna talk about four of them. So every dial is 25%. But the first dial is the provider protector dial, right? Which is, I'm like, I, I do 25% of that. You gotta check on that one, yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I provide, I protect my family, like I'm there for them. You know, I brought them to the United States. A lot of men fall victim into thinking that that's the only thing a man has to do for their family, which is only 25%. Now the second dial is the parent dial. And a lot of men get confused with the parent dial. You tell them you're spending quality time with the kids. You say, yeah, fuck yeah. Like yesterday, I told them at 2 p.m. we're going to go to the beach. At 2 p.m., I went downstairs, put them all in the car, went to the beach, spent two, three hours with them. We had a blast. You probably got a C on that one, right? Like a C? I got a zero. A zero. Because parenting is not you going down to, at 2 p.m. If you said, if you told your wife, hey, we're going to go to the beach at 2 p.m. And then you get down of the office at 2 p.m. and you put them in a the car and you go to the beach, spend three hours with them. That's not parenting. Yes, that's quality time, but that's not parenting. Parenting is you going downstairs at 1.30. And then, for example, like my oldest is called, his name is Jude. And you say, hey, Jude, come, where's, where's your flip-flops? Let's put your flip-flops. Get your towel, get your toys. And then you, you get Angelina ready. You get Noah ready. So you get them ready and you put them in a the car. So that's I, so parenting. So I'm a zero too. In, in that. Exactly, because a lot of people don't understand parenting. Parenting is you getting involved in parenting, like preparing food for them, like cooking their eggs in the morning. But you do, like you put, you put um, Italia in her dress before you go, like, do you choose her dress? You put, okay, so, so. I'm like you, I'm a workaholic, so I'm, I, I, sh I show up there at two. You can still be a workaholic, but you can put more effort into being a parent. So that's the second dial. The third dial is the lover and the friend, the best friend. And just, j just to be clear, like I, I, I do that once in a while. So yeah. once in a while, I'll help her put her dress on. Well, she doesn't need help anymore, she's big. But once in a while, we'll go down in the morning and we'll make breakfast together. But that's like once a week. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to say I'm a perfect dad because yeah, I'm not. Yeah. But <clears throat> and it's, it's like everything is awareness, right? Once you know, you cannot unknow. So what happens is your children, for your wife, like she loves her children way more than she loves you. That's a fact. Like she gave birth to them. So if you treat her children right, she's gonna love you like 10 times more, right? If you treat her children right, because she has so much love for them and she, she sees how you're parenting them as a father, dude, she's gonna give you so much love, so much attention, so much praise, so much sex. She's gonna cook you food. Like, 
like she's gonna do a lot for you maybe that's what i'm doing wrong yeah so so i'm, I'm telling you that's what i learned from like relationships and then the third dial is the lover best friend right a lot of us think we are lovers i mean you do a great job at that because you you go on like uh weekly dates with your wife um i, I wasn't doing that i was good on, going out on dates for example like every six weeks eight weeks every three months go out on a date i, I didn't buy her flowers and when we go out on dates, I mean, she wears a dress, she likes jewelry, and we go to a restaurant and we talk about kids. But if you want to take your wife out on a date, you should take her out on a date and talk about, like, be intimate with her, flirt with her. Like, you need to learn some, some lines where she's going to like, ooh, Mo, what is that, you know? So th there's a lot of effort and work that you have to put into that, right? And it shouldn't be the same date every single time. Like, now when I go out on dates, I do... I plan dates, skydiving, kayaking, let's go to the beach, let's go to the gym. With my ex-wife, we just go to the restaurant. It's the same fucking restaurant every single time. But that's not going out on dates. So you need to work on that dial. And then the, f the same dial is the lover and the best friend. I wasn't the best friend for, for my ex-wife. She comes to me, she's like, Mo, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm uh, devastated. I'm feeling physical pain. I feel lonely. You're not showing up. I'll be like, why you're, why you're overwhelmed? She's like, oh, the kids are like, you know, fucking not listening. I'll be like, okay, listen, I'm going to book you a spa day and then I'm going to get the babysitter for a whole day. You don't have to worry about that. So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to give her solutions for her problems. She doesn't want a fucking solution. She already knows the solution. She just wants someone to listen. So instead of me trying to give her solutions for the problems, I should have been like, oh my goodness, Jude, again what is he doing now and just having a conversation about her frustration she wants a friend that was really good yeah so she doesn't want someone who gives her solution to her problems and women don't for example when she says oh i'm feeling physical pain i'm this i'm that first everything they're feeling is true so you can't say did someone beat you up you can't be sarcastic about it because if she's lonely and she's at night alone and she's crying and she's feeling physical pain, that's true for her. So you have to sympathize with her and you have to talk about those emotions. But don't try to toughen up a woman. They don't need mental toughness. Men, we toughen up each other, but I'm not gonna toughen up her and like mental toughness, Andy Frisola type of shit. They don't want that. They just want you to sympathize with them and listen to them, hold their hand. Say, oh my God, I understand. You know, shit like that. So that's the dial that we fall victim, like we don't do. And then there's the, uh, he called it the player dial, which is the badass dial, which is you showing up as a player, for example, like wearing, you know, nice stuff, driving motorcycles, being fit. Uh, for example, like we're walking down the beach and there are people doing a uh, push-up competition and you can't do push-up for shit, but you're like, hey babe, listen, I'm gonna go fucking crush them. And then you go do like two, three push-ups <laughs> and then you come back. But it's that badass, like you're showing that you're badass, you know? Th they like that, they get attracted to that, even, even though they know like you can't do shit. But it's that type of work that you have to do and put effort in. So those four dials, every man needs to nail them. And I wasn't there. But now why I'm having success, it's not just the fitness and the money and you know, it's the mindset. I'm showing up as a man, like 100% man, not just 25%. You're like multi-talented now. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, as you said, like, it's, I do. You got a I, better version of 
Mo? I thought he was always like this. <laughs> no, I told you I wasn't like that. But it's like, it's, it's, I do personal development every fucking day, and you taught me that. That's the first thing I do in the morning, where I'm lacking, where I need to work on. And I start working on that what, shit. What time do you wake up? So I'm not like you. I work super late. Like, I work 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and I structured my life lifestyle where I don't want to put an alarm. So I work up late, work late, but then once I go to sleep, I just let my body naturally wakes up. But the moment I open my eyes, boom, I'm up. I don't, you know, fuck around in bed. Yeah. So usually I wake up by 7, 7.30, and then boom, I'm up and running and yeah. working. That, but that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's what I do also. Like, I don't have an alarm. Mm-hmm. But I, I just go to sleep a little earlier. Not not that early now, but but I wake up when when I wake up. Yeah. So usually I'll I'll go to sleep like around by eleven, and I'll wake up by five. Yeah. I used to wake up three four, but now that we have we today we had a training. We went to see our baby with Doctor Crane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I had the more my morning shift my, so I had my my long and then yeah. we were doing the podcast right now. Mm-hmm. You gotta fly out pretty soon, and but so now because I know my days are longer, I I, I can't wake up at three or four. Mm-hmm. Why? Because maybe because I'm a little bit older too. But second, because now I do a lot of activities later in, in the day, and I don't want to be like low on energy, falling asleep when it's six p.m. Yeah. So now I just changed my I updated my schedule to work for for me. Yeah, same same thing for me. Like six hours, six and a half hours yeah, are enough for me to like operate for the next eighteen hours. Yeah. At, Full speed, awesome, Mo. So I, I know you got to you got to jam pretty soon. Uh, tell us some, a story that nobody knows about you, like something that you've never told on publicly, like something nobody knows about you. Not even maybe not even your wife or. Oh fuck! Or I need to think about that. But uh, first, I just want to I just want to say something. You know, when you said like you're multi talented, I'm not multi talented. I have friends with different expertise that I took from you one talent. Like I took from you a talent. I took from Rob a talent. I took from Keith Yaki a talent. And then I worked on myself to be a better version of me. So it's like the people you're around, like you're, you're the average of the people around you. And that's true. Yeah. For finances, for mindset, for fitness, for everything. Like I can't be like you're fucking shredded. And I'm like the first picture you and me took together. If you go back to that picture, it's on my Instagram. Dude, I'm fucking fat. I'm, I don't look good. I don't take care of myself. I didn't have a personal brand, but I learned and then I started changing things in myself. Yeah. Yeah. Back to, you know, one thing about me, I mean, this, like this, no one knows about, (laughs) but one thing about me that no one knows, mm, a story that I haven't told anybody. Uh, (laughs) In what genre? In what aspect? Sex, uh, (laughs) dating. Oh, no, we don't want to talk about (laughs) Because, okay, to be honest, when it comes to sex, I didn't know myself sexually because I've been, I've been, I've been having sex with the same lady for the past 10 years. And I didn't know what are the things I like. Did or you get thi- nervous like the first time? No, fuck no. I'm super confident. <laughs> she kind of tested that. <laughs> but He has all his dials. <laughs> yeah. But, but there are things that I like in sex that I didn't know I liked. But I like to experiment, and, and we experiment, and it's the most fun I've ever had in my life. Like, sex is a huge part of 
a relationship. If, if sex is not fun and it's not enjoyable and you're not looking forward to it and you're making excuses not to have sex, then your sex life is not healthy. You need to look into it. There you go, guys. So <laughs> multi-talented here, uh, Mo. You, you know a lot of things, but you, you know one of, one of the things that when they give you just um, a lot of, a lot of uh, kudos uh, or, or something that I'm really happy and proud that you do is uh, that, that you invest a lot of time into learning and, and getting better, yeah. self-improvement. So very proud of you, my friend and brother, and thank you for being thank you for having the channel. Sec second part, we'll have a third one later. <laughs> where can people follow you really quick? What's your favorite uh, platform? So I'm, I'm heavy on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Alpha Slice. And as just a gift, anyone who wants uh, like an entry level, anyone who who thinks that they have a talent that they can teach and they want to sell a course online. I have an entry-level course that I, I'm going to give it to everyone for free. Um, all they have to do is DM me Driven channel, and I'll give you access to that course for free. It is how I built my business from $0 to 250000 a month. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Put it below. Thank you.